What a weekend of footy, despite the smallest margin being 22 points. Round 5 featured several intriguing narratives. The Pies put Brisbane in their box at the so-called Gabatoir. Joe Danaher showed glimpses of brilliance on Good Friday to make it three in a row for the Bombers, while Anzac Day is shaping up to be an enthralling contest. Port travelled to Perth and upset the reigning premiers in the wet, while the Ds were dismal again. Buddy Franklin surpassed Matthew Lloyd on the all-time goal kickers list, and the Blues registered their first win of the season and triple figures for the first time in almost three years. The Cats and the Saints sit 1-2 and two on the ladder, making it a little bit of a throwback to 2009. It's Billy Gowers from the Western Bulldogs. Louisa Cheatley from 7 News. Mitch Cleary from AFL Nation. Cal Toomey from AFL.com.au. Tim Mitchell from the Herald Sun Super Footy Team. Warney from the AFL Traders. Millie Dalton from Gogglebox. Lloyd Robertson. Georgia Freed. Elliot Bowman. And you're, you're listening, listening to the 4 Quarter Time Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the 4 Quarter Time Podcast. Boys, we're one man short today, but I'm sure we're going to soldier on a big happy Easter to both of you, Dan and Jack. How are you guys going? Good, mate. And yes, one man short, Lachlan Pierce, no, not here. Speaky, where is he? He's in Bali. He's uh, <laughs> gone on a bit of a retreat with one of our good mates, mm. Tim Hall. Shout out to Tim. He's suffered a bit of heartbreak over the summer lucky um so i'm probably i'm probably happy that he's gotten away yeah he probably needs something um get away to clear his head i think the tigers are playing well at the moment podcast is thriving <laughs> loose to, use of the word thriving that's right open to interpretation yeah. but um i think he's watching some classic chip flicks at the moment in bali yeah um rumor has it that kim kardashian's been in yes um yeah doing great well, I reckon I can picture Lockie right about now. He's probably just finishing up a massage from Kutut and uh, then going to get a martini by the pool. That's what he'd be doing. Right Watch now. some Tom Lynch highlights. Yeah. I think, as well. <laughs> yeah. The concerning thing is he, he didn't really come prepared at one. He comes to F2, he's full of insight, full of notes. He was a great addition to the show. <laughs> now and he's, he's just, gone. He's gone. He's taking a break. Can you imagine next week? That's he, a, yeah. He's going to take a break every time he works a bit harder. He's, he's probably going to, like he's, he, last week, as you say, it's so good. And then he's probably just going to go right back down next week. But no, nah, we've got high hopes for him, I reckon. <laughs> I wonder if he'll bring us back anything. Uh, I would have thought maybe like, you know how you can get knockoff jerseys at um oh, yeah, in like, Bali. like basketball tops yeah i think yeah i think maybe like a, a bob murphy 300 game <laughs> western bulldogs <laughs> it's, a, it's a big market over there I, I hear that the old uh 300th game collar top bob murphy they love it they got the eddie betts one in the in the works now as well <laughs> reflecting on ep2 jack your family is becoming some of the most regular listeners to our podcast <laughs> yes yes correct do yeah. you have the do you have the nuffies in adelaide um on to it as well? Uh, oh, the Adelaide fam? No, I don't think they have. I mean, Dad sent... Because, yeah, Dad loves it. And he sent it all, all to his side of the family, um, who, uh, which is quite embarrassing. I don't know what they think of it. But, um, yeah, no, no, Dad loves it. Eddie, my brother Eddie, um, listened to Ep2 driving back from the Gabatoire after the Pies game. And from all reports, was absolutely loving it all the, all the way home. So they're probably uh, most avid listeners. What about what about yours, Johnson? I mean, we're, we're here at your house tonight. So it's very kind. Change of venue. Change away game. Yeah, yeah, way game, different environment, different acoustics. I'm sure. So the, your your folks, big fans. Yeah, Dad's been a big list. He's the lesser of the football fan in the family, but really? he's been all 
on it. He came up to me on Easter Sunday. Said, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. He said, This oh. is the Easter present I wanted, so thank you. He came up to me and said, obviously, he said, well, your prediction didn't, your crystal ball prediction wasn't right this week, was it? <laughs> Bit of bands around the yeah, dinner table. Yeah. Did you spend um, Easter watching Harry Potter? Did you? AJ? Yeah, well, there's a bit of a story about that. Growing up, I was never a big Harry Potter fan, which is bewildering to a lot of people. Sacrilegious, I, I think. can't believe this. I, I was honestly a big can't Star Wars and Lord of the Rings fan. And then last night, now that Netflix announced a couple of weeks ago that Harry Potter is now available on Netflix, I thought I'd... You thought it's high time I, I, I get onto this. It's about time, about 12 years. Have you years, read the books? I have read the books, okay. which is okay. So, hang on, so you've read the books, but you've never thought once before to actually watch the movie. Well, I've watched, I've watched um, the first four, the one where Robert Patterson dies in the maze. Yes. That yes. one. I'm not sure what it's called, but yes, that's, that's, the, yes uh, that's the one. The Tribal of Fire. Yes, the Goblet of Fire. So that's where I ended. I remember watching that in the cinema. Very emotional but time. I, but I can't believe you stopped on that because that's when Voldemort comes yeah, that's, back. That's when everything happens. And you just thought, nah, I'm, I'm happy to pause here. I'll wait another 10 years. It's like watching the Home and Away season and then not bothering with the finals. finals I think, and watch, yeah. re-watching them 12 years later. <laughs> Who won the 07, 07 granny? I haven't watched it yet. I mean, everyone's spoken about it, but uh, I don't know. Let's have a look. 07 granny, you can probably skip anyone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's 119 points to all our Port Adelaide supporters out there. So what do you think? What was your assessment? I liked it. I'm, I'm probably going to watch number six tonight. <laughs> so you're not going to wait another 10 years for the next episode? No, next no. Uni break's training you well then. Yeah, yeah. I'm catching up on lots of work. Lots of uh, lots of podcast lots work of as well. Lots of work, exactly right. Well, on to more important things now. The footy on the weekend, as I mentioned in the opener, no close games really. Four goals is the smallest margin over the weekend, but we'll cast our eyes back to uh, Friday evening. And Port Adelaide went over to Perth after losing to Richmond, which is quite a shock loss, everyone claiming it to be one of the biggest wins since the flag in 2017 for the Tigers. But Port Adelaide went over there against all the odds in the wet and came home with a victory in probably what some people call the hardest win in footy to win in Perth against the reigning premiers. I think it's been a little bit overrated there. I mean, good on them for winning, but I think it's just it just shows how they're very reliant on their young players at the moment. And while they're absolute superstars in the making, like Connor Rosie playing amazingly at the moment, um, they're quite reliant on, on them to provide a lot of their spark and their energy um so it's pretty clear that they're going to get inconsistent results like what they did with richmond the, the week before so yeah i mean that's probably just the adelaide supporter in me coming out but yeah, it is, um, it's, it, it is yeah, adelaide. i think very good win but don't expect them to bring it for the whole year do you reckon it's the uh ollie wines factor because he was good 35 disposals leading disposal getter for the for the game like he's um i reckon it could be him he, he's back in the side they're a better team for it st kilda ah st kilda the real deal they're five and one no one really gave them a chance at the start of the year that's for sure a lot of people had Jeez. them in their bottom four i know i probably had them down the bottom somewhere i think 16th or 15th They've beaten now essendon They've beaten Melbourne on the weekend. They won last week as well. They managed to salvage a win first round against Gold Coast by one point. Everyone thought, oh, they're the two worst teams. That's they're only. I honestly heard media at the start of the year saying whoever loses this game is not going to win lose a game for the rest. Uh, <laughs> not going to win a game for the rest of the year. And Singapore are now five and one, and they're second on the ladder. I it's the Saints are bizarre, and I don't think I think even the Saints 
didn't expect this. Like, like the players and the coach. I don't think Richo actually expected them to win and be winning the way they are. So, I mean, they did play Melbourne, and Melbourne looked not that good. No. But, I think they showed that they want to win a lot more than Melbourne did. But they've also... They're also looking very fit. But I think at the same time, they've got that many injuries that they'll probably run out of puff midway through the season. And I'm hoping that happens this week against the Crows. Yes, a danger game. Well, good game. That's shaping out to be at Marvel on Saturday evening. Yeah, Saturday. Who's going to match up on the insane in the membrane, uh, Tim Membry? Oh, hopefully not Kyle Hardigan. (laughs) (laughs) He had a good stat that someone who's in form at the Saints... He's a super coach prospect at the start of the year. Jay Bill? Yeah, Jack Billings is um, one of the three players that are to have, uh, to be averaging 28 touches a game this year, or to have had 28 plus um, in each game. game. So that's with Jake Lloyd and Patrick Cripps. So elite company there. Um, He's really turned around. Um, His career this year. So he broke my heart last year with super coach. Yes, I'm not game enough to bring him back in. I threw him a lifeline last week and um, he, he's in my team. I probably got him cheap, to be honest, to uh, pay yeah, off well, I he think. He should be a top top six, top eight forward, that's for sure. Carlton, that brought a lot of joy <sighs> to Blues fans, I think. It was it was tense. I know your dogs didn't get the job done, but Carlton are finally on the board and I think a lot of those those people last week who were very critical on Brendan Bolton, who I gave an honourable mention. Yeah, you did. <laughs> to, yeah, very quick to jump on the sack Bolton bandwagon. They finally got in a win and they registered 100 points right on the buzzer and who who, who else, else but yeah. Sam Walsh. Oh, no, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good win by the Blues. I mean, obviously, from my point of view, a, the dogs are looking pathetic. Um, it was a pretty, pretty bad game for the dogs. But to be honest, I didn't like... I know a lot of people have been criticising the Blues fans going over the top with their celebrations. I actually don't mind it and that's saying something because my team was the team that lost to them. I actually don't mind that they're getting up and about. I mean, gonna... if I supported a team that was as diabolically crap yeah. as Carlton were and they finally win and with 100 points over over the dogs, you'd be, you'd be thrilled. You're going to create a bit of positivity around the place as well because if Absolutely. you finally win and finally kick a winning score, yeah. um, you've got to celebrate it and if you're a Carlton player and you see all your fans being like, oh, well, about time you won one, which yeah. it was. Yeah. It was it about was. time they won. <laughs> You'd be pretty annoyed and yeah. pretty flat about that, but good on him. I think it's about time that we start chucking the, the would, captain on Sam Walsh. But It wouldn't surprise me if they get smashed next week. I don't know who yeah. they're playing, but oh, it wouldn't surprise born me. Born in Tasmania. Born? Yeah, they're so, they're going to yeah, get smashed. <laughs> so enjoy it while, enjoy it while yeah. you can, Blues fans. Now, speaking of Carlton, we've got Paddy Cripps. He, now, finally, he wasn't a one-man team on the weekend. Usually, they just wheel out Paddy Cripps, put on a few other players, and he usually does the bulk of the work. Um, he wasn't a one-man team on Sunday. We had Petrovsky seaton we had Harry Mackay, Zach Fisher, Sam Walsh, all having great games. But it leads me to the question, AJ Planny, mm. when have you ever been part of a one-man team? <laughs> Or, or have you been the one man have team? I, have I been? I mean, I've been a part of plenty one man teams, but I, unfortunately for me and my pride, I've never actually been the the one man carrying the team. Um, you, you did propose this question to me, the Savo, and I was like, I honestly thought to myself, I'm a disgrace because I'm the biggest passenger this going around. I mean, even on this podcast, I, yeah, just, I think you and me both are a couple of passengers on this podcast. AJ does 
all the work. He puts in all the editing and the running sheet and stuff, and I just sit back and give pot shots and <laughs> critiques. I'm the biggest passionate going around. I'm a pain to be with. There was a bit um, of I don't know why you guys are friends with me, to be honest, because I don't do anything. There was a bit of beef last week, actually, with, um, with how we were managing the podcast and a bit of editing critiques that you threw out to AJ. Uh, we'll, we'll call it creative differences, speaking. I think that's that's what happens in showbiz. You know, you get a bit of creative differences. A bit of but... John and Yoko and the Beatles type <laughs> atmosphere. <laughs> What about, you, what about you, Johnson? Well, like not from a personal experience, but I do have a bit of a bit of a funny story from the media. I won't name any names, but one famous, <laughs> one famous. Let's, let's let's see if we can guess the name, Speaky. One, one famous <laughs> segment. There's a bit of a bit of a bit of beef between these two in the commentary box. So there's two commentators, one more famous than the other, but one was renowned. They commentated a lot together last year, not so much mm. this year. So I wonder why this could be a good. What network? Are you allowed to say what network? No, I'm not going to say what network, <laughs> unfortunately. But you know who he is. Anyway, this one particular commentator loves loves a lot of loves me time. He loves me time. Loves the sound of his own voice. And when someone takes that away from him, he doesn't take exception to that. So when he got paired with this particular commentator on a, numerous occasions. He, he began to think this other commentator was taking a lot of the limelight during his stints. So after probably three three shows, three games that they commentated together as a duo, this particular commentator who does love a bit of me time, uh, behind the scenes started put his phone on the timer and started recording uh, timing the amount of time this other commentator would time uh, would commentate during a game. So every time every time he would start commentating, it it. it Subtly just push the button. Oh, yep, start. And then when he'd <laughs> stop, he'd stop. So he's, and he's building his bank of evidence to yeah, hate yeah. this person. And after the game, he reckons, but according to this one me, me, me commentator, it was 75% that this other, his uh, infamous <laughs> partner had commentated. And now Jeez. you can safely say that don't commentate games together anymore. Yeah, but do, I don't, he, could, he could have just purposely not commentated that much that time you decided to record the numbers yeah exactly could have purposely distorted the numbers to be like oh this guy is 75 percent. i mean i you don't have to confirm or deny this but i'm thinking bt i don't know i reckon it's brendan speed who knows brendan <laughs> speed. <laughs> i love that speedy pushing his way around in the fox footy commentary box i'm sick of you going back to a-league i'm sick of you anthony hudson taking the limelight yeah. from me one of the greatest A-League, NRL, and AFL commentators he's, combined. He's, he's very talented. <laughs> he's so good. He's he does speedy. it all, man. He, he does, does it all that, commentates man. a lot of sports. <laughs> We'd love to interview him one day if we can get that get that uh, going. On this podcast. Yes, geez. We'll, let's, we'll let Lockie do all the questioning. <laughs> <laughs> From Bali. <laughs> he's so gonna, why do they call you Speedy, mate? <laughs> <laughs> that would be his question. Speaky, what about you? Have you been on a one-man team or been the one-man team? On Sunday night, I was the one-man team. What happened uh, Sunday night? I had a bit of beer pong, a bit of UDL pong. (laughs) (laughs) UDL pong? It it didn't end well. Um, We were playing... uh, The the girl that I was playing with, a friend of my girlfriend's, she was missing all of the cups by about a foot every time. And, you know... Naturally, I was banking them in each time. <laughs> Naturally, um, and not only was she not pulling her weight with the with the throwing, <laughs> she 
didn't want to didn't want a bar of actually drinking the ones that we were conceding as well. So. So, so, so you were the only one drinking the cups, mm. even though she was also and banking partner. them in. And you were the only ones banking them in. Yeah. What was she doing? Why was she a part of your team? Why why, why, was, why wasn't this just a solo match of UDL Pong? Why is she mates with your girlfriend? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if this person is like an avid listener of the show and we don't know about <laughs> it and she's just listening to it going, <laughs> all of Josie's <laughs> friends are... The question who on. isn't an avid listener of this show, really. <laughs> exactly. Well, for the first time, North Melbourne played Essendon on Good Friday and at halftime, despite it being not a great display of football from the Roos. At halftime, Wayne Carey and Matthew Lloyd turned back the clock to raise money for the Good Friday appeal, taking 20 or so set shots at halftime from about 25 metres out on various angles. And safe to say they haven't lost a lot of their ability from their heyday, raising $18,000 each for the Good Friday appeal. And that leads me to ask the question, which current player would you take to kick for your life? Well, <clears throat> I'm going to start things off because I feel like some of you guys may have a similar answer to this. And I'm I'm going to go with Tory Dixon. Now, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bulldogs supporter. I actually did a bit of research on this, guys. He's In his career, he's kicked 164 goals, 55 behind. So that's a percentage of 74.89, which I'm pretty sure is the best in the competition at the moment. So... Who else other than Deadeye Dick, Tory Dixon himself? He's he's good. I'm with you, Planny. I'm I'm actually we didn't we didn't collude or anything before this, but I've you got, really should have planned this out. Well, I've got Tory Dixon as well. And I had him as well. <laughs> great variety, guys. And just to differentiate differentiate somewhat, even though I did ask current player, past player, I would choose Matthew Lloyd, but. Now that he's retired, I've, I've t- I had Daniel Giancioracusa back in the day as well, another yeah. doggies man. But now I've turned to Tory. Do you have anyone I else? Kerry and Lloyd were really putting current players to shame, really, on Friday afternoon because they were just because they had to do it as quickly as possible, and they were just dobbing them in from twenty out on an angle, and yeah, you know, I mean, it, is bit, it is a bit easier at halftime. Yeah, but yeah, admittedly, and they're not running. As much yeah. as the, yeah. the current players, but you know, it's they're making it look easy. Yeah, well, we saw Brendan Favola returned. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, but, but he returned to local footy this weekend and he had 17 scoring shots in his return game and kicked 5 12. <laughs> <laughs> the Fevelouche. <laughs> so he's still still clonking him, but he just can't kick straight. He's probably still rusty, a few too many beers in the off season. He was good though back in the day, set shot from memory. Yeah. It was further out, I think, was the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we but I think, yeah, I had um, Ben McAvoy for mine. I've he's, he's kicked over his career. I've got it on AFL tables here. 82 goals, 31, and I believe that is 73%. There you go. Almost, go. almost, almost aligned with dead-eye dick. Yeah, and he loves, he loves a free kick in the ruck mm. at around... 30 to 40. Yeah, 30 to 40 yeah. out, and he yeah. just... Comes in and dobs it with the the tape around the head every time. <laughs> yeah, he had the tape on the head within thirty seconds on Monday. It's like a rugby player. Well, we said that Carey and Lloyd were putting current players to shame, and one of those players at the moment, as much as I love him and think he's one of the best players in the AFL, Marcus Bontempelli oh. has kicked one goal nine and three out in the full for the season. Bond. I mean, 
it, it does pain me that you brought it up because I was big in the off-season and claiming that the Bont is one of the best finishers in the comp, better finisher than Cripps. But well, he is a really good finisher. He is, and he's clutch. Just not he, a goal. He yeah. just hits up his targets. Yeah. But even last year, he was pretty clutch, though. Like, if he had a set shot late in the game, he'd most likely hit him. But I don't know. It's just it's a bit bizarre at the moment. Like, it was. it's not just him, though. During the Dogs game, like, McLean missed a whole bunch of easy goals. Like, it's just frustrating. The beard, the, the, beard, wis- the, the wispy, wispy beard, yeah, yeah. it's, it's got to go. Well, to recap, we've got Jack's taking Tory Dixon. I'm taking Tory Dixon. <laughs> I was taking Tory Dixon. <laughs> or Sam Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Sam Lloyd, Sam very Lloyd. good inclusion for the dogs this year. Very good goal sense. But Speaky is taking Ben McAvoy. Boy. All right, yes, it's now time for me to name this week's Nuffy of the Week. <clears throat> I know you guys have been waiting with bated breath all week. Now, for this week, fellas, I came across something that I think you both will enjoy very, very much. Now, it's actually from the vault, this one. I've, I've opened up the vault to find this one. The time um, capsule. Yes, I found the keys. Had to open up the vault. And that's the thing. There are no, there's no statute of limitations when it comes to Nuffy of the Week nominations, okay? So it doesn't matter <laughs> how long ago you've committed enough offense that I'm calling it. It doesn't matter how long ago you've committed enough offense. I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> No, I'm getting a bit carried away there. But uh, it is, it's an old one, as I mentioned. It is an old one. But it's now emerged during the week and it's done all the rounds on all the social media platforms. Um, and it involves my man, uh, the highly emotional figure uh, in the AFL, uh, Rodney Rocketed. Well, no. Why do they call him Rocket Planning? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm still trying to work that one out. Um, and it also involves one of the AFL's most uh, quirky characters in uh, Will Minson. Um, now, I won't say too much more because I want to throw to the clip and I want you guys to listen to this. But all I'll say is uh, is what you're about to hear is from when Rocket was coach of the Bulldogs back in 2009, I believe. Tense times. Tense times. And the clip just clearly demonstrates how uh, professional and collected he was when he was in the coach's box at all times. I think you guys will agree. Fucking back! Who is it, Willow? It's, it's me, Mitch. Come on, Mitch! Right. Fucking work, Mitch! <laughs> yes. So is he just not working hard? No. Fuck you, Will! <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. No, okay. No, no, no. Fucking run, Will! <laughs> Give it off quick! Rock it, rock it, rock it. We can't think. We can't think. <laughs> right. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. How long's Minson been on for? How long's Minson been on for? Right, okay, okay. Right. Okay. Right. Fucking big fucking spastic! Yeah, for uh Yeah, hey, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. Okay, now Minson for um Fucking get him off. Yeah, um He's come off. Get, get him back off. off. Get him off. Get him off. Get him off. Oh, Rocket, Rocket, we can't hear. We can't fucking hear. Listen, Minson off. Take Minson off. Now. Fuck you, you big shithead. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Now, I wonder why they call him Rocket. Oh. It's a very good question. I, don't, I still don't know why. Uh, <laughs> two things spring to mind with that. <laughs> Number one. He reminds me of like an emotional old man that's seeing maybe his his child, his son, 
on the stage of a year four school play or something. <laughs> and he's just been stinking it up. He's forgotten his lines. He, he walked in on stage left when he's meant to come in on stage right. <laughs> Get him off. <laughs> There's a liability up there. You see the other dads like holding him back. Like. <laughs> oh. and second thing is that's Leon Cameron, right? The, um, yeah, the, the calming yeah. influence. But yeah. do you reckon he's taking the piss a little bit there as well? Do you reckon Leon Cameron's the one recording him and just well, being, like baiting him? Well, it so sounds good. like it's from Leon's phone because Leon sounds pretty clear and Rockets sounds like he's up the back of it. But yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot to dissect in that, and you've and you've done well dissecting that a bit. I mean, we've all we're all aware that Rockets a bit of a emotional guy like we've all seen him spray it and stuff but i think any of us realized how much of a nutcase he actually is <laughs> that's one of the greatest sprays of all time could you it's imagine we, we saw on friday like david zaharakis didn't play for us and injured and he sat in the coach's box <laughs> and warsfold i'm not sure whether he's as fiery as rocket Eid, but as a player after hearing that like you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to sit in the coach's box during a game because imagine if you heard that. Imagine if a player True. was sitting, a Bulldogs player was sitting in the coach's box at the time, hearing that about Will. You'd just be thinking, Jesus. What else has he been saying? What's about, he, yeah. What does he say about me oh. when I'm out there playing and I make it? I don't think I could control my laughter though if I were in that. <laughs> at the best of times, if I'm getting a spray or like if I've been in a, a team or a class or whatever, they're just funny. Oh, I know. But how, how good's the uh, when Leon tries to calm him down? He goes, Rocket, we can't hear. And then Rocket. Rightly so. Listen to him. Goes, oh yeah, sorry, Matt. Sorry, but get him off. <laughs> <laughs> quick the complete disregard. It was just an isolated <laughs> anger at Will Minson. So I've gone for. I'm. I'm going to give the Nuffy to Rocket, um, and I'm also, which may surprise you, I'm also giving the Nuffy to Big Will, because supporting the dogs as long as I have, and knowing Will the way that I do, Will probably did something quite stupid and. Rocket's rant was actually probably warranted knowing, <laughs> seeing, watching a lot of Will Minson. So I'm giving the up here to both of them for, for, for Rocket and for Will for setting him off. I remember back in the day when Will, Mil- Will Minson said something, was it to Kane Corns about oh. his, his sick child or something? He's had some shockers. He's, He's had it. some shockers, but I remember his character reference being, you know, he speaks German. <laughs> <laughs> And no Germans have done anything wrong if you look back through the history pages. <laughs> what a great character. Beautiful language. Huge from you, Planny. Big double nuff. For this I've week. gone the double nuff, so hopefully it doesn't cause too much controversy. It's time to begin. I'll count it in. Five, six, seven, eight. My boots are Yes, that is the signal for the newly minted Boots Scoot and Speaky segment. It was a hit last week and the week previous. Um, this is where any new listeners of the show, this is where I ask Speaky um, three um, AFL players' names and he has to tell me what boots they wear. And now we've done this for two weeks we've, and he's six from six, the big fella. He's got every single one right. Some people call it um, impressive, others call it disturbing. But I think we can all agree that it is quite remarkable. And Josie um, calls it single. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Please take me back. She, she might call it a restraining order after this week, but uh, we'll see how we go. So I'm going to kick things off, Daniel, for, with the Geelong superstar, the Brownlow medalist, Patrick Dangerfield. Nike. He alternates between white 
and sometimes wears a blue one as well. But he's, on the weekend, he was wearing the white Nikes with the orange back, the new ones. You are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Good stuff. I, lo- I love the detail you've given. Like, you, you, you're not happy with just a plain, yep, white, not you. You're given the details of what they wear, you know, every now- what they've known to wear. Exciting times, wear. actually. A lot of the Nike athletes were wearing the new boots on the weekend, so it was good to see. Yeah, good yeah. See well, well, speaking of new boots, actually, um, I noticed something on Twitter about something about Dusty. Uh, Dusty, huge news out of the footy boot which, world. And I immediately thought of you. So, what, what's going on? I immediately thought of me as well. Yeah. So, was, uh, <laughs> so, I noticed something peculiar when Dusty was running around for his warm-up. He was out of his trademark Puma fluoro boots. The first thing he does is warm-up. <laughs> no, speaking of even speaking of even seen, he, he just sat there and thought something's, something's different. Something's amiss. Something's, something's, something's not right. right. <laughs> I'm not comfortable here. Full moon. Just. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Dusty was wearing a beautiful new pair of red Nikes. So, he's gone to the Nike he's now. He's gone to Nike. And if you believe what Tom Brown had to say on Talking Footy last night, uh, apparently he's been moved on from his Puma contract. So, he's in in need of some new boots. Gee, so, okay. So, so it's not a new sponsorship. No, no not he's as uh, many have hoped. But yeah. Maybe who knows? Watch this space. Oh, I think. Jeez, yeah. I wonder what's. Wonder why Puma gave him the boot, AJ. Dude. I'm not sure. I was, I was watching the footy on on Monday, and I remembered this segment. Looking forward to the podcast recording this week, and I remember this segment specifically because I just saw a close up of a boot, and I just thought. I have not taken notice of a single person's boots yeah. here. I couldn't recite a single player's boots. Do you know why? Because you're a normal person. That is, that is why. Maybe I should take comfort in that fact. Yeah, exactly. All right. Just so know someone's looking out for them, though. Yeah, exactly. Someone will know. <laughs> yep. And we are now one from one this week. Move on to player number two, the Collingwood Storwalt, the absolute legend that is Steel Sidebottom. It was Nike as well. So, he's in a white Nike this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's in a white Nike this year. Um, I think most years he's white Nike. Is he not dead? He um, started off the year last year with some black he, ones. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So, he hasn't yeah. always been white then. Hasn't so, always been white. Right. But, um, sometimes when did he make of, the transition? Sometimes rocks the, um, <laughs> the more of like a sock boot. You know, those ones without the laces. I don't know. If you, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, there was someone wearing... There was someone You're wearing... You're like the crazy. ankle, up to the ankle boots yeah, this yeah. weekend, like yeah. salmon coloured. I don't know who it yeah, was. That, that I, think, I actually think Sam Lloyd wears them sometimes. That's yeah. who it was. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well done. I'm, I, I really want to get you. I thought I would have got you on the steel. I reckon I'll get you on this one because even when I thought of this player, I went to Google to work out what the answer was. And even looking at the pictures, it's actually hard to tell. Okay. So I reckon I could get you this one. The West Coast exciting... Um, high-flying, um, I don't know how to describe this player, but he's an exciting player from West Coast, Elliot Yo. He wears Adidas, so it's like an um, all-black Adidas. He wears the all-black, and this is a... I don't know why I chose this player, because I 100% confirmed, but I, I've written down question mark Puma slash Adidas. It's Adidas. So it is Adidas? Opinion, yeah. Do, do you want to Google it for me? So you can... We'll get the Google up there with we'll get the Google listeners, because I thought... I don't, it's, it's really because you know some players wear the old black and there's a little yeah, bit of is. there's a little bit of like sponsorship you can tell there's literally nothing it's like mm. an all black 
And from first view, it, it looked Puma, but I mean, we're looking at it now. It does. I mean, it was partially my fault for giving such a... <laughs> so, I, mean, I should have got a better better player for, that I could have definitely... That's a good one, though. You've tried to... Said yes or no to. Tried to trick me. I did try to trick you, but I'll, gi- I'll give you that one. Speaky, you've gone three from three this week. I'll give you the Yo one. That was impressive. So you, your winning streak continues. You're still 100%. When we think iconic footballing duos, you think Carey v. Djakovic, Lloyd v. Scarlett, Stevie J vs. Crowley, Buddy v. Rance, now Bontempelli v. Cripps this year, but more recently, Hodge v. Damian Barrett. <laughs> now, in the most recent week, there's a new duo that's come to the fore. It's Mitch Cleary from AFL Nation v. Liam Pickering, AFL agent, also on AFL Nation, those two had a bit of a bust-up on air last week. We're going to play it for you. And I'm sure you've heard the news that Ablett's been... Gary Ablett, great player, but he's been in the news recently. Heavily religious beliefs, Gary Ablett. Renowned to everyone that he has heavily religious beliefs. And he did like the infamous post from Israel Folau. And he has tweeted since uh, explaining why. But I just want to hear... I just want to play for you the audio from Mitch Cleary and Liam Pickering before Ablett had explained why he liked Israel Folau's homophobic Instagram post. Again, Pickers, you obviously managed... Did you counsel Gary about that? Oh, yeah, of course I did. What, counselling him about liking and unliking a, something on Instagram? Uh, no. Well, it wasn't just any Instagram post. It was a, a very even, controversial Instagram talk, post. I'll, he's 34 years old. I'm not going to be talking to him about that. bit hard to like an Instagram post. Well, it's not hard. You just push, you push it hard. It was a mistake, though. Oh, was it? Well, you can't tell know. me. Was it? Me... You're telling me you're, you're, well, you're I... Gary Ablett now, are you? No, but it's, it's not. You've you got to double-click the photo to do it. Yeah, he's, he's left it there. You just hit the heart. No, and he it, took it no off. one would have seen it. If it was up for any more than 15 seconds, it couldn't have been anyone that's seen it. <laughs> well... I don't think you're in a position so, to be talking about So you're, to Gary say, you're saying Gary made a, a mistake. It was an accidental like. I'm saying I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about it. What you're saying is you're putting himself in. You said he deliberately did it, and I'm saying he did he. I'm, I'm asking it's, you the it's, question. It's, it's a very you're, you're hard posing mistake mis- to make. You're posing. It's not a hard mistake to make. Don't say that. I'm like and unlike things like that. But accidentally. No one you, could have seen it. You hit the photo, t- accidentally hit the photo twice to flick it, and it likes. But then how have people seen it? Because you've got trolls like you, my friend, <laughs> and people in there all summer just want to troll through blokes' accounts. Okay. That's exactly well, how I'm, it happens. I'm backing Mitch up here. I, I would say I, it would be highly unlikely that he liked it by accident. Yeah, it's, it, it, exactly right. Yeah. It could be highly unlikely, but it may be likely too. <laughs> so unless you, have you put it together? You're down at Geelong all the time? I haven't. I'm, well, there you go. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm not speaking for him because I don't know. So clearly there. Pick his... Oh, I don't know... I would back, I'd give the chocolates to Mitch there, but Pickers oh. is, is Gary Ablett's manager. He has to defend the yeah. bloke. But for him to come out and say that he hasn't spoken to Gary Ablett about the post, saying how in, it's not important, when it clearly is an important issue, that it's it's, caught, it's it's ruined Israel Folau's career, rightly so in my opinion. But for him to say that he hasn't spoken about him and then back that up by saying, oh, it was clearly an accident. Yeah. And then since that has occurred on Saturday evening... Since then, Gary Ablett has come out and posted an Instagram justifying or explaining a reason to why he has liked Israel Palau's, Palau's post. So he said on Instagram, I want to make clear that I love all people regardless of race, religion, gender or sexuality. I've always 
admired how strong Israel Folau is in his faith. It is not easy to share faith in the public sphere. And this is why I initially liked his post. I understand that liking this post appeared offensive, and this is why I chose to remove my like from the post. So that already goes against what Pickers has yeah. said. <laughs> so it clearly wasn't an accident. But I just want to get your guys' opinions. Did Gary have something to answer for initially? And should he be allowed to like whatever he chooses? Um, I think he did have something to answer for because it was a pretty outrageous post by Israel Folau. Um, and as you said, AJ, rightly so. His career in Australia has been ruined for rugby. Um, yeah. Also, the Pickering thing. Pickering's one of the great antagonizers going so around. Funny. He, he's, <laughs> that was, it was a very entertaining interview. Well, well done to Mitch Cleary with that one. Um, but yeah, geez. I, I think he did have someone to answer for Ablett. And it's good that he came out and sort of tried to to explain it. But it, even his explaining of it, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still not buying it completely. Yeah, I don't really buy it, but it's almost as if he would have been better off just not saying anything at all. You reckon? Yeah. Because, well, I mean, he definitely has something to answer for yeah. because pretty abhorrent post in the first place. If you're liking it, then um, you're often endorsing things. Yeah. But I think his um, trying to clear up what he said or what what his action was probably poured a bit more fuel onto the fire yeah, yeah. and um, probably and raises more questions yeah can, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time he shouldn't be um, I think a lot of the time in Gary Ablett's case as well with footy being such a um, I guess secular sport and there's not a whole lot of religious mm. um, posting or whatever unlike in America with NFL and NBA and things like that mm. um there's a lot of people that are voicing their voicing their concerns being against his actual beliefs than what he actually did. So, yeah, yeah, against the action. But and I guess that brings us to a, our next point: is that on Monday we saw the Hawthorne crowd take liking to booing Gary Ablett probably more strongly than we've ever seen them in particular or any other crowd boo a particular player. It's probably the most pronounced booing of a player since Adam Goods a couple of years ago. Mm which obviously didn't go down too well. That was a disgrace. Yes. And so this is obviously a different issue, but I think that the booing was in relation to the post. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, was I think at the same time, though, it's it started because of the post, but then you know how booing and crowd mentality is. You sort of just jump yeah, on the back yeah. of it, and I think it was more pronounced because people are just... You know, booing for the sake of booing. Yeah, I, Do you think you're allowed to boo anyone you want, though, when you go to the footy? As long as you're not saying, I'm not going to condone any racial slurs or anything mm. anything like anything like that, but just booing, in the act of booing an opposition player. Is that free game when you when you pay for your ticket and go to a game of footy? Yeah, I suppose it, 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 it all comes down to the circumstance around it, I reckon. I reckon just outright booing because you... Don't like the player. Don't like the player. I'm not that comfortable with. I've never personally done it. I boo the umpires a fair bit. If they, <laughs> yeah, if, they yeah. if they do a ridiculous decision, I'll give them a fair boo. But yeah, I think it surrounds the circumstance. If a player king hits one of your players or is a bit or gets a free kick they shouldn't have or is a bit lippy, then let them know about it because you, you're a fan. You pay your ticket. But yeah. I don't know. Like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit on the fence of this one. Do you think we're muddling muddling the waters then? with political views or religious views and then the footy ground. Like, I know you're saying 
how you can't boo someone that you don't like, right? Just yeah. oh, for the for just the sake of not liking that person, but then that someone does something away from the footy spectrum and then you can boo them because of it in this Gary Ablett case. There's never going to be any hard and fast rules about booing and it's always going to happen regardless of whatever um, Steve Hawking is going to bring in or whatever. Um, but I think booing, you know, in an ideal world should have a short memory and mm. should purely relate to what's happening in a game. You know, yeah. if the if they've hit someone off the ball, um, you know, that sort of thing, or they've given it to the crowd after they kicked a goal or something like that. Mm. Yeah, once it starts bringing off-field things into play, I think it doesn't really have a place in our sport. I think that's a really good point because, like, in England, for example, in the Premier League, you see that opposition fans can't be on the same public transport to games together, they have to be separated. Whereas that's the thing I really quite like about Australian rules football is that you can be on a train sitting straight next to the opposition player. You're not going to, you don't care an hour before the game, but as soon as you get into that stadium, you cross the white line for, and for a, for a spectator, that white line is the gate that you go in. It's you versus them. And that's great. And then as soon as, Maybe on the train home, a bit more animosity towards them. It's been so many uh, mid-strength beers you've had as well. <laughs> exactly right. But I think it's a lot... We we have a lot to like about our sport yeah. compared to overseas. Yeah, that's the thing. I think if you compare it to overseas sports, I think we we hold up pretty well. Yeah. We've obviously, we're obviously not perfect. There's a lot of room to improve, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I've never been a big fan of just outright booing. <laughs> Well, it's time for a fan favourite. That's right. Spin it DJ's back this week. And while Lockie was due to play today against Jack as he uh, held the reins from winning last week, as Lockie's a miss in Bali on holiday mid-season, we've got Jack v. Dan. How Good you guys feeling? Uh, nervous. Glad to be back. I've resurrected like some bloke on Sunday did. But... <laughs> We're here. You're here by default. You, 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 you've Stephen Bradbury'd your way yeah. back into spin at DJ. <laughs> Still got a gold medal there, so that's all right. Well, at the moment, the tally stands as Jack's got one for the season and Dan also has one win for the season. We're playing best of five once again and today's genre is in commemoration or remembrance of this great player and he's, he's not dead, of course, but he's... <laughs> It sounded a bit like that, didn't it? But, uh, very much alive and very, kicking goals. Yes, as he illustrated. Six yeah, six of the best, including his last on the weekend. That, of course, is Eddie Betts. So we're going with Eddie Betts's best goals. Well, the players today, buzzer will be... You go with Eddie Betts's best goals. We've got a Crows fan in one of the... He wears red out of us. This is outrageous. So I'm going to explain how you're going to buzz in for these particular goals. But first, the buzzer this week is your celebrity crush. Oh, celebrity crush. Um, I mean, where do I start? No, <laughs> no um, I'm... <laughs> List them all, please, Lenny. Come on. The listeners want to know. Um, well, because, because it is that time of year again, I'm going to make it topical. Game of Thrones, uh, the latest season has hit. Uh, episode two aired the other night. Um, big fan of Sansa Stark, or Sophie Turner is the actress's name. But I'll go, I'll, for the sake of this buzzer, I'm going to go with Sansa as my buzzer. I've just seen the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer and 
big fan of Margot Robbie's work in that, so I'm going to say Margot Robbie. The local girl. Margot for short. I'm not playing today, but just for any listeners <laughs> at home that want to know my celebrity crush, it's Blake Lively. Oh, any listeners, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first to buzz in today, and what I need from you when you buzz in, to get the answer correct, we need who Bets is playing for at the time. Ooh. And the opponent. I have no idea with any of this. And if you can somewhat describe the goal. That's a lot to explain. Well, Eddie Betts, 300th game, a lot of publicity around it. If you'd watched the top 10 goals, have you watched these top 10 goals? (laughs) Oh, maybe. I can't remember. Sure did. He did. So, Dan's already got an advantage here. But if if Planny was the... uh, Self-confessed nuffy that he says he is. He would have watched yeah, it. Are you, are you foxing here? I reckon you've done your homework before. No, I'm yeah. genuinely nervous. All right. Goal number one. Margo. Very quick on the buzzer. That is Eddie Betts's goal of the year from 2016. Playing against Fremantle for Adelaide. In Indigenous round, <laughs> Josh Jenkins handballs it to Eddie on the boundary and he left foot torpedoes it in the wet for a goal. See what I mean? This is a stupid <laughs> topic to do, AJ. This is so biased. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to be Dan today. Let's go to the audio. Jenkins tried to burst through Eddie Betts. Not his oh, pocket. Stop that. Start from Dan. He's one up. Jack's already hating his life here. <laughs> I'm just trying to, anti- I'm trying to anticipate which one. Jack, you kind of need this one a little bit, <laughs> but, but we'll go to the second goal here. Made it tough for him. Has the flying shot at goal. Rolls Sons up. Bets on the pocket at Adelaide Oval. Is it against GWS when Tomlinson nearly tackles him on the boundary line and he snaps? Like, Speaky's shaking his head, so I'm not filled with a lot of confidence. That is incorrect. (laughs) Speaky, I'm not going to play any more of the audio. Do you want to buzz in and have a shot? If you buzz in and get it wrong, I'm taking one point away. Oh, I got the negative point going. Um, (laughs) Try and be a hero. Come on. His face turned so serious now. He's now scratching his eye, looking down at his laptop, trying to find answers. Do you want some more of the audio? We'll play a little bit of the audio. Live on the edge, mate. Come on. Made it tough for him. Has the flying shot at goal. Rolls across the face. Sets up okay for Bents. Corralled. Step back. O'Shea. Oh, Margo. He's playing for Carlton against Port Adelaide at Amy Stadium. And the ball pretty much drops outside. It's dubious as to whether it's over the boundary line or not. But Eddie Betts sort sort of jumps around Cam O'Shea. And a left foot snaps it for a goal. Jeez, you can't get much better than that as a, as a description of audio. <laughs> word by word, uh, yeah. Play by play, I should say. Dan's taking a 2-0 lead. Jack just... How many to go? <laughs> well, I think one left. So <laughs> best of five. Best of five is it, right? Best of five, he does need this one. And the weekly gag, Jack, just test your buzzer for uh, me. Uh, yeah, sounds uh, yeah, it's still working. <laughs> hope, hope she's listening, actually. All right, Jack, I'm sure you know this one, so I'm, I'm thinking just buzz in straight away. 
Sansa. Is this the goal against GWS <laughs> on the boundary line at Adelaide Oval? You'd think it's the only goal Jack Nosebets has kicked in his life, but let's go to the audio. Because it was Crows with the numbers at ground level. So Eddie fooled the ball, escaped Eddie Betts. Okay, Jack is finally on the leaderboard. Oh. 2-1 to Dan. Still needs this to stay in it, though. We're That's right. I mean, I'm happy, I'm happy I didn't go the full donut. I'm happy I got one right. We're going to go number four. Kicks to the tip of the goal square. Here's Eddie. Margo. Carlton versus Essendon. It's when Eddie is near the left point post and he's dancing around, sort of fooling, I reckon it's about three Essendon players. And he's looking to pass it off, looking to centre the ball, be unselfish like the Eddie we know. And he decides, no, I'll do it myself and snaps it over his head and kicks the goal. For an ex- unselfish like the Eddie we know. Yeah. For an extra. <laughs> kicks to the tip of the goal square. Here's Eddie. Not going to have a shot at goal. Oh, Willie, please, in and out. Bats has kicked it. He's got five. Quarter's underrated commentator. Oh, he's great. Love it. All right, well, Dan's taken out this week's edition of Spin It DJ. I'm sure his Adelaide nothingness came to the fruition there. He's beaten Jack four, no, three to one. Very landslide areas. So next week, Lockie will be back from his retreat in Bali and he'll be playing Dan. Now, I can't say we've been successful with our crystal ball predictions so far. Um, I know I, for one, am coming second last in my work footy tipping competition and I'm, <laughs> I'm the, the, the tipping master at, at work. I've, I've organised the league. I've got all the money in, uh-huh. my, in my bank account. It's sitting there and I, I even went as far as to send out a pre-match, a pre-round preview for, um, wow. for round two. That's how we bought our mics. <laughs> <laughs> and it is just uh it has absolutely backfired on me so i um i've i've since stopped doing my my little crystal ball predictions at work but that's not going to stop us here good good we're going to do our we're going to do our crystal ball predictions so um do your best how'd we go last week fellas well i know you both because from memory you said that gold coast would beat the crows for the first time ever they're the, the only ever. team they haven't defeated And so the Crows won, which is good for you from a supporter point of view, but bad for you from a crystal ball expert point of view. We we all know is what I care about the most. Were you torn? Like when the final side went, like, yeah, oh, hang on, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Pretty much, (laughs) yeah. And AJ, what was yours again? I went from, I went zero and three, really. I, 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 mine went early in the week, Thursday night, Brisbane to get the chocolate against Collingwood by less than. 10 points, Nocky Neal to rack up 40 and the crowd to be 35,000. None of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Thursday night was disappointing. And I I was actually half right because I said Geelong would win in an underwhelming game. Now, Geelong won, but it was actually like a pretty entertaining entertaining match. Hawks were in front early on and the Cats came back. Gary Ablett showed he's still an elite player of the comp. Yeah, so I'm... To the booze. Yeah. So I was the expert last week out of you out of you two um, so I'll lead this week's crystal ball predictions off and I'm 
you might be surprised by this, but I'm going to say this is going to be one of the greatest Q clashes we have ever seen. Gold Coast v Brisbane at Metricon Stadium. Vegas. Both are, well, I mean, Brisbane aren't in the greatest form now, but they started the season pretty well. Gold Coast came, coming off a loss, but they also started the season you pretty well. You realise Brisbane, they started the season really, really well. And we started this podcast and Jack was on the bandwagon. <laughs> And he was pumping up the Bris Vegas. And ever since we started this podcast, it's getting and less and less. They and less have and dropped less. off the Vegas. Oh, I actually did. I actually did notice that, and I noticed the trend as well. That as soon as we started the podcast, the dogs started to lose. So True. this podcast is not good for my it's life. Poison I don't know why. I don't know why the podcast. Do this. Unlike Lockie Pierce, who's living it up in Bali on the <laughs> on the funds raised by the podcast. Yeah, exactly on the podcast dollar, ordering yeah. martinis from Katut to bloody bring it to him. He's really the Craig Hutchison of this podcast <laughs> should ring in the waves flapping against the boat <laughs> don't, don't tell anyone I'm here uh, guys the, the, the water's just lapping at my feet though. Um, yeah so I'm going to tip Brisbane I'm tipping Brisbane good call Planny I'm going to go through with a Anzac Day prediction looking at the form of both Collingwood and Essendon I'm licking my lips at a potential shootout oh love that I think that Mitch Brown, the spearhead goal kicker for the Essendon Football Club, is going to kick three or more goals, and so is Mason Cox. Wow. He loves, an, he loves an Anzac Day, does Cox? It is going to be the closest Anzac Day match in years. I don't know how many years, but in years. <laughs> I'm going to say less than six points. Wow. Won't be good for my heart rate on Thursday. <laughs> I'm sticking with the same trend, Dan, to round out our show. And my round five crystal ball on Thursday at approximately 5 p.m. The Anzac Day medal goes to Dylan Shield, the recruit. It's a prize recruit. Really outlandish, though, is it? Well, Essendon have to win. There's only True. been one or two players in history to win the Anzac Day. From Essendon? medal from a loss no oh, yeah that's what I was going to say yeah. so Essendon and yeah. somewhat underdogs this weekend not really mm. expected to win yeah yeah both teams are playing really fast free-flowing footy at the moment and it's 21 degrees and sunny on Thursdays so there's no real excuse that it shouldn't be an absolute could be up. a record Anzac Day crowd really never cracked 90k Anzac Day no it, it has no it has take that back it. it's never cracked 95k so it's 94.8 really? So Thursday could give that a real red hot crack. So who was your tip? Did you make a tip? I didn't make a tip. I said you got to make a tip. You got to make a tip. It's your crystal ball. You got to make a tip. I think Essendon are going to win by four points. Wow. Okay. But I can be two thirds. You should. I mean, you should have gone pies because then either way we would have. Imagine if Dylan Shield won the Anzac Day medal and Essendon won by four points. (laughs) Dan and I. Oh, imagine coming beaming (laughs) to this podcast next week. The things we care about the most, yeah, exactly. our crystal ball predictions. Jack, Dan, thank you. I personally think this was our best episode yet. So, Lockie, once you're listening to this, feel free to remain in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> Never return. Never come back. And thank you for your company on episode three of the Four Quarter Time podcast. Four Quarter Time.